Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. All right, so let's talk about NFL players who are currently playing. And let's talk about some actual football as we do read and react. All right, good morning, Chelsea. Good morning, Jinx. Let's jump right into it. Sort of a combined college football NFL topic here. Michigan won the national title, as we all know, on Monday night. Rumors were swirling nearly as soon as the game was over that head coach Jim Harbaugh was going to consider coming back to the NFL. If it were you, would you stay in the college ranks, sign the 10-year, $125 million deal that is offered up by Michigan, or would you head back to the NFL and see if you can join Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer, and Pete Carroll as the only coaches to win a college title and a Super Bowl? Jinx, I'll go to you first. Ooh, that's a tough one. I honestly think I might go to the NFL, which initially I would think, and not because of history. Here's the thing. Jim Harbaugh is a legend now at Michigan. He already sort of was before winning a national title because clearly has a history there, played there, all of that. But I think the thing that gets me is, and this is something that Jim Harbaugh has to answer, is I can't imagine being a head coach now in college football with the portal and with recruiting and what NIL has done to the ego of some of these kids. I don't know how you manage it. And if he has to answer one simple question, I think, which is, do you like recruiting or not? Because some coaches who go to the NFL cannot stand recruiting. It is a -a 24-hour-a-day job. When you're done winning or losing a game, you're on the phone. You have people doing it for you, and you're talking to these kids, trying to talk them into coming to your university, and then you're having to overturn your roster each and every single year. It's sort of the Wild West, and if you've got a handle on it, then good for you. But I think maybe if you're at a school like Michigan, it's much easier than the job you would have at a smaller school. But if you like that aspect of it, great. Stay where you are a legend and take that cash. But if you're tired of that and you don't want to continue to go through that grind, why not go back to the NFL and do the one thing that you haven't done in your career and make history? Even though, would you say succeeding in the NFL for a sustained amount of time is harder than in college? Because think of the parity yes. in the NFL. And mm. the the it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. Michigan gets a lot more advantages than half of these head coaches in college football. And I'll say, this is the first point that I thought of, the the point that you're making about NIL and how college football has completely changed. It's a different game now. But it feels to me as Jim Harbaugh is not a normal person. I feel like if there's anybody who can keep up with the grind of college football, 
it's this guy. He seems a little insane to me. So it, he's proven that he can succeed even in the new age of college football. And now he just won a national championship, which is a great recruiting tool. Michigan uh, donors have really deep pockets. It feel like feels like he has way more advantages in the college game than he does in the NFL. Obviously, we'll see what the number is. Some of these teams offering the money. But long term, I feel like the success rate in college football would be easier for Harbaugh here than in the NFL. It's really yeah. hard to be successful in the NFL. Look at Bill Belichick. He is one of the best head coaches of all time, at least according to the ranks. And he's on his way out, it looks like. So it feels to me like the better job would still be Michigan. Ten years, $125 million that's, is nothing to... That's true. Sign right. it. Number two, there are a lot of storylines in Super Wild Card Weekend <laughs> with coaches and players playing against their former teams. Which of these storylines is your favorite this week? Tyreek Hill back to Kansas City with Miami. Mike McCarthy of Dallas hosting his former team in Green Bay. Or both Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford facing off against the teams that traded them, Detroit and the Rams. Or, of course, even though he's not playing, Deshaun Watson having to head back to Houston and hopefully staying out of massage parlors. Chelsea, which one of these storylines <laughs> do you like the best? <laughs> I think legally he probably has to stay away from massage parlors. I'm pretty sure go. legally he would get in a lot of trouble if he was caught at one of these places. I think for me, the most storylines in a single game has to be the Lions and the Rams because not only is it Matt Stafford heading back to the place where he spent a lot of time, he clearly is very familiar with Ford Field. Also, it's the revenge game for Jared Goff, who was traded away as an afterthought, saying this is not a guy that can win a Super Bowl. Now he's been really good with the Detroit Lions. And oh, by the way, the storyline for the Lions is they have not won a playoff game since 1992. Now they are favorites at home. All of the pressure seems to be on the Lions here. So the hopes of this city feel like they're resting huh. on this game and going against their former quarterback. I think this one is the juiciest of them all this weekend. Yeah, I love Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. It's easily the best one. And also, we're going to sleep on the Jared Goff story because Matthew Stafford got a ring. That's the thing. So I think he'll get more of the attention because statistically or historically, I should say, he's the better quarterback because he had such a long history with the Lions. But this is really, to me, about Jared Goff, who has sort of reinvented himself with the Lions. Because remember, when he was in L.A., the reason why they got rid of him is that they didn't think he had what it took to take them to the next level. And you know what? They were right because Matthew Stafford got it done. But no matter what happens, Matthew Stafford is a world champion. Jared Goff is not. Jared Goff is at home. Jared Goff's team is the favorite. So I think it's the best storyline. But also, I'm more interested in the Goff angle than the Stafford angle because we know Stafford's story. That His narrative isn't going to change here. But Goff can change the narrative more than Stafford can. All right, last one. Patrick Mahomes had the worst statistical uh, season of his career. He threw for the least amount of yards per game, the most interceptions in the season. Lots have been made of his receivers dropping passes in the lackluster play of Travis Kelsey down the stretch. Thanks, Taylor Swift. The Chiefs even considered bringing back Eric Bieniemy to help out their offense in the playoffs, but the commanders kind of said, no, nah, it's not going to happen. So, Jinx, mm -hmm. how worried are you about the Chiefs' offense? 
pretty worried. I mean, personally, am I worried? Am I at home like, oh, what are the Chiefs going to do? <laughs> no, I'm not. But but you're right. It's a good question. Here's the thing about the Chiefs' offense is that, you know, the Packers pulled off this trick for years in Green Bay, which is we've got a franchise quarterback, one of the greatest of all time. We'll just put a bunch of dudes around him and let our quarterback elevate these receivers. And that works to a point. But at some point, talent does matter. And when you look at the receivers the Chiefs have had in the past and now, God, Patrick's throwing downfield to Kadarius Toney and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, if you're a defender, what do you do? You just shut down Travis Kelsey and let those receivers try and beat you. So, yeah, I'm worried about it. As bad as the Chiefs have been down the stretch, they at least have a good position in the postseason. They get to play a home game game against a Dolphins team that is now down four starting linebackers. The injuries are really piling up for the Dolphins. And oh, by the way, I think it's supposed to be a high of nine degrees. So I know everybody's out on the Chiefs, but at least in the first round, it looks they ha- like they have some favorable circumstances at Arrowhead. So I don't think it's all bad for the Chiefs. Will I be betting on them to win the Super Bowl? Hell no. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.